morning, everybody. Welcome to class. We're going to go ahead and get started. So uh, let's read our verses together today. Need your help. So John 12, 24 through 25. Truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. The one who loves his life will lose it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Prayer. It's one of those lessons that you go, oh, we're talking about prayer. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's like you're enthused and you're excited, and sometimes it's like convicted, and sometimes it's something that you desire and you love to do, and other times it's inconsistent. And I think uh, God takes us every single day, not where we ought to be, but where He wants us to be. He wants us to continue to grow. That's the call of discipleship. Being a disciple is one who learns how to die to himself, herself every day, take up our cross and follow the Lord. And we continuously learn throughout our lifetime how to draw closer to him. We have grace for ourselves. We give grace to others. We, we pray, we support, we encourage, we help. Ultimately, so that we can be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Because the reality is, is this, okay? It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. How do you want that day to go? Does what you do now affect your eternity? Does what we do now impact others for the kingdom? I think all these things, we come into play, and it's not just about getting through this life. It's being strategic in this life, to be intentional in this life. Until we take our last breath, the Holy Spirit desires that we're going to go through a sanctification process. And that means just to be set apart from this world and unto him. To be set apart from this world and unto Christ. To be more like him. And it, 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 that's a day by day, moment by moment process. Learning how to say no to the flesh, the natural desires of our life. And to say yes to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit's fruits fill us and lead us. And so when we talk about prayer, prayer is, I want it to be something that's very relational, that's conversational. When I teach on the subject of prayer, it's the type of thing that is, is a relational. Jesus taught us the relationship that he had with his father and that he wants to have with us and we have with the father as well, is, it, it is one of a relationship, okay? We are not just following some blind religion. We're not bowing down to man-made idols. We're not following after repetition after repetition, hoping that the gods will be appeased and we'll be happy. And the crops will grow and we'll be able to get some rain and we'll be able to survive. Now this is a relationship. And obviously, it's the type of relationship that should be in our human relationships. And I always think of prayer the way we have human relationships. How do you have a conversation with someone? Now, unfortunately, statistics tell us that husbands and wives typically speak less than seven to 10 minutes a day to each other. If you counted up the amount of conversation they actually had to each other, it typically is about seven to 10 minutes. Why so much? <laughs> because you're married to a woman. Well, wait a minute. Is it that, is that 
more. <laughs> women probably will say more, and men will go, yes, dear. But I think, and often that can reflect our relationship to the Father. Relationship to prayer. Communication is vital. Have you noticed how communication is changing in our culture today? Have you noticed that the, uh, the need for communication, better communication, loving communication, honest communication? And let me just throw out something that, that uh, here's, here's my uh, soapbox pet peeve. People when, uh, that are driving need to learn that they communicate in their cars as well. Not by their hands, but by their turn signals. Amen. Yeah. We, we need to use that. But because you can't mind read, right? You don't know what they're thinking until after they do it. Well, God is the opposite of that. He knows what we're thinking even before we say it. He knows everything about us, yet he calls us, he, he, he asks us to pray. And so as we go through this lesson today, we'll finish it up today because next week, the church is going through a six-week series on the book of Acts. And all the adult life groups, Sunday school classes on Sunday morning, are going to be joining Pastor Jonathan through this series. And they've asked us to follow along with the series with them. They've provided us notes. And, of course, you know me. I'll change them. Um, but I'll, add, I'll probably add stuff to it and fix things up a little bit the way I like it. It's more personal to me without you know, changing it too much. Okay. Maybe it's dead. Prayer is one of the greatest untapped resources for a believer. Okay? I think all of us would agree with that. That, that uh, when we pray, we're praying not to an idol, but to the living God who hears us, knows us, and knows what's best for us. And let me just say this as well. In the process of asking and receiving from God. God is not interested in answering our prayers. Now, if you shut off the tape recorder at that point and put me in quotes, I would be a heretic. God's not interested in just answering our prayers. He's interested in conforming us to the image of his son. And sometimes when we pray... If he answered that according to our desire, it would not work in the sanctification process he desires for us. If we always got what we wanted, if life went like that, we would tend not to be in the sanctification process the way we should. God knows when to say no because sometimes we need to learn how to be more dependent upon him because we're satisfied when things are going good. And I think we need to be careful about that. Real quick, how did you learn how to pray? Parents. Parents? Uh, explain. Well, I mean, when you're a little kid, they teach you, you know, prayers. Like little prayers that little kids learn. Learn how to talk to God. And as you get older, especially when you listen to your dad, they pray over dinner and stuff. And it's not, it's never just that, Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. It's always, you know, he'll, they add in other things and requests and stuff. And, paying attention to those kind of things. Yeah, excellent. Somebody else? Yeah, Sandy. Um, I think I'm obviously in life, because my dad always said, 
money. How do you put Get, I don't know, certain when I knew it was a group prayer because I didn't know what to say. Or to, you know. And then finally I just studied the Lord's Prayer and tried to make sense of that. You know, we, weren't, we were in kind of backward churches. Yeah, well, the issue is, is that unless you're taught how to pray, you kind of wing it on your own. You try to figure this thing out. And sometimes people are very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. I was going to say, for the example of both my grandmothers and my mother, one of my grandmothers was a missionary, and you know, the day she died, pray at least an hour, hour and a half, and she would pray for anyone. People would contact her. She wrote hundreds of letters a month to missionaries, but every time during her nap time, she called it nap time, you would hear her in there praying. And I would just listen just the faith that they all had. And, and my mother, who's been so many answers to prayer, it's just unbelievable to just see it happen still to this day. Amen. That's awesome. What are the most common distractions of praying? Do you have distractions in your life of praying? <laughs> what are some of those common distractions to prayer? Daily activities. Daily activities? Well, you fall asleep. <laughs> Lord, I pray. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, no. We're so busy. We're always doing something or looking at something that I think sometimes it feels like when you're praying, you're not really doing anything. Yeah. Excellent. It's hard to do that. Do you ever? Go ahead. Yeah. I'll say technology. Sometimes we have, we're so, I'll speak to me, I'll be so wrapped up in the phone if I go to prayer and I hear that ding, my mind goes, it just completely takes the focus off the of prayer. Yeah, that ding is from the from the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how many other things come to your mind when you try to pray. And that's the truth. Even in you know in the ritual of my prayer times, I, I have a set time and I, I, I have a set place and I do it in my prayer time. Faithfully, and as I'm going through it, even at times I'll be sidetracked during my prayer. And it'll be two or three minutes later, and I'll be like, Lord, I have got completely sidetracked thinking and praying about something else that I, I've lost track of what I was even talking about. But you know, you know and what, though? I think that's okay. Yeah. Because I, that happens to me a lot too, and then I'll be praying for someone specific, but because of their situation, it's like my mind goes to another person who's a child or something in that situation and, and I think God just groups it all together. Yeah. It's like a million different things or bring out the dinner tonight. I mean it's just amazing. I think it's Satan influence to try to get you off track talking to the Lord. Yeah. Any anything and everything comes to mind. You can sit in front of the TV and think of nothing. You sit and pray and all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Same. Yeah. That was a blessing once you were down with the leaders. I wanted to ask you again later to do it again sometime. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Sandy. And prayer is something that is ultimately from God to us to teach us how to be in relationship with Him, to be that intimate and close relationship. What should prayer include? And I think there's several things it should include. And obviously, as you mentioned, the, the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer, 
I think it's important to test. You had something. I was thinking when you said about what she was playing off what Sandy just said about your prayer life. Because of my family and the way that they, they were and you know, more into the world and stuff like that, when I got saved in Germany, I didn't have anybody teach me how to pray. I had a friend that the Lord put in my life that says, oh, we've got to work every day. He'll teach you everything. So I depend on the Holy Spirit to teach me how to pray and really just put in my heart just to talk to him about everything. Yeah. And that's how I learned to pray. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's what we have to go through. Yeah, I think we have to be intentional. Is prayer important? Yes. You know, we have to answer that question for ourselves. Is prayer important? And then when we say that it is, how do we cultivate that? And we'll talk about that more as we get into this lesson. Uh, let me go back because I think I went ahead there. It should include worship. Someone read Matthew 6, 9, and 10. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven. Thank you. Yeah, it's, all, it's all good. Okay? We, we worship through prayer. We recognize who we're speaking to. He's not the, the old man. He's not the big man upstairs. He's God. He's holy. He's righteous. And he created us. He's in relationship with us. This is something that we can look to and rely upon. We worship him. We give value to him. Worship means to give worth to. We give worth to our father because of who he is. And that's important. That we are in relationship with our father. Okay? And I think this is important. Uh, the Trinity is God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? The disciples and Jesus in particular taught on prayer that we prayed to, we pray to the Father, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. It, we pray to our Father. It's not wrong to pray to Jesus. Okay? We're requesting things of him. But our, our, our design is to pray to the Father through the Son. Because of what Jesus did, and because of the relationship we have because of the cross, we, can, we have rights to go to the Father in prayer. And the Holy Spirit then illuminates us, it helps us to understand it, helps us to know what to pray for even when we don't. And so we're, this relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is all part of our prayer life. It should include confession of sin. Matthew 6, 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive and have forgiven our debtors. We forgive our trespasses. We've forgiven those who have trespassed against us. We ask forgiveness of our sins as we have been forgiven of our sins and forgive others of their sins. We confess our sins. What that means is if we're doing this on a daily basis, our prayer life for our sins isn't something that we forget about then. Because we remember, obviously at the moment we, we commit a sin, it should be instantaneous prayer. But we also at times... We, we, we know our, prayer, uh, our sense of commission when we do something, but there's also times when we may not even be aware of our sin because it's so culturally acceptable to do X. It's so culturally accepted to do that. And sometimes we need to be quiet and let the Holy Spirit speak to us and ask the question, hey Lou, 
You did that yesterday. Everybody else does, but is it right? And it's when the Holy Spirit then goes, no. Be holy, for I'm holy. And I go, Father, forgive me. And that's what, that's what a relationship with Father through the Son and the Holy Spirit is all about. It should include petition. Give us today our daily bread. Someone read Philippians 4, 6. A lot of you love that passage, and I do. Not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We don't typically have a problem with that. But also remember, God wants you to pray specifically. Bring your petitions before the Lord. With thanksgiving, but we, we bring petitions before the Lord. Are you, are you specifically praying on a daily basis for needs? What does the scripture tell us? You have not because you ask and and it will be given unto you. There's there's that relationship part of this. It includes Thanksgiving, as as I just read, but also 1 Timothy 2.1 says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Are you thankful for your family? Are you thankful for your friends? Do you communicate thanksgiving? Don't take each other for granted because as we all know, they can be gone. And we've missed that opportunity to express our love, appreciation, etc. for them, to do things in their lives, etc. It should include seeking wisdom. Someone read Colossians 1.9, then I'll ask the question. They're asking specifically for wisdom. What do we need wisdom for today? Living. What? Living. <laughs> for living? To make wise choices. To make wise choices? At workplace. At workplace? What's the, when's the right time to share our faith and when isn't it? What is appropriate? How do, I, how do I respond to my spouse when they make a statement? How do I respond to my child when they make a statement or a parent when they make a statement? And you're kind of like, oh, you know, wisdom, wisdom, how to make decisions, how to live your life every single day. The example of Jesus regarding prayer. Jesus often isolated himself from others to pray. Someone read Matthew, Mark, uh, Matthew 14, 23. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. He, he often did that. Mark 1.35 says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Where's your silent place? Where's your quiet place? Where's your alone place? Where is your place without noise and distraction? I know for you, when my kids were, were younger, that was the hardest thing in the world, was having devotions and prayer time with noise. I can't do it. I had to find a place that's alone, that's quiet. Um, some of you take breaks during lunch 
uh, your workplace and go to your vehicle just so there's quiet and without distractions to pray and to read your Bible. That's, that's important. Why is it important to us to isolate ourselves? Avoid distractions. Avoid distractions. Give that time to the Lord. To, to focus on giving that time to the Lord. You're, you're worshiping the Lord by saying, this is a priority in my life. I'm going to set aside this time to be quiet and to read and pray. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we can not just talk, but also listen. Excellent. So we not only talk to the Lord by our petitions, etc., but we also listen. Remember from the scriptures, you know, it wasn't in the thunder, it wasn't in the wind, it was in the still, soft voice. It's quiet. God speaks to us. And how many times did God that? And I think that, as you've heard me say probably at least 50 times, I think that's one of Satan's greatest tools in our life is noise. Noise. Because when the TV's on, when the radio's on, when life is happening and, and everyone's talking, different things are happening, we have noise in our life. We just can't hear him. And Satan's like, and the day is gone. It's gone. And we were faced with the next day. Jesus prayed publicly and alone when he was with others. I think that was interesting. I, I found that interesting as I was studying this. Luke 3, 21 and 22 says, says this. When all the people were, baptized, were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son and whom I love you and whom I love with you I am well pleased. So at the baptism of Jesus, Jesus is baptized too and he's praying. So he's praying publicly, but he's praying with them. And then if you listen here, Luke 9, 18 says... Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who can crowd say I am? Interesting. I, I found that to be very interesting. That all of a sudden, here's with his disciples. They're all gathered together and Jesus is praying. You almost wonder, I wonder how the other disciples felt at this point. It's like, isn't that a little awkward? But they, they just learned that's who Jesus was. And he's gathered around and he's praying privately. He's not praying publicly. He's like, hey guys, let's get together and have a prayer meeting. That's all old hands. We're going to pray together. Nothing wrong with that. But Jesus is praying privately with his disciples there. And then he just stops and asks them a question. Stops his prayer. Who do people say I am? And that's when Peter declared, you are the rock. You, I mean, sorry, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, Peter, you're the rock. On that rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's an amazing thing to incorporate into your life, that with others around, you can still pray privately. I don't. I have a difficult time doing that because I'm sure the disciples weren't just sitting there. This is awkward. And Jesus prays, so I guess I better be quiet to sit here. We don't know that though. But he's sitting there praying privately with them. Your prayer life should be public and private, with others and without others. What does that teach us about praying? 
first of all. Go ahead, Mike.
I think prayer is between you and God. Although others may listen in on your conversation, the focus of your thing is not other people. I want to impress people through my prayer. You know, people are praying, it's your turn's coming up and you begin thinking, okay, how do I start this? How do I, what do I got? Just pray. Don't focus on being impressive. Just focus on being in relationship. Okay? Someone read Matthew 6, 5 and 6. speaking this who's saying this Jesus so God is saying this is this is what you do okay don't make it a big public scene nothing wrong with praying in public they did it but he says don't forget about your own prayer closet that alone place not for show it's just to have a conversation with the father not to be impressive you don't have to use King James language to impress people. And if people are impressed by that, they're impressed with the wrong thing. Okay? It's, it's being in relationship with God. Prayer should be a conversation. When you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. From Matthew 6, 7, and 8. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Don't, in other words, don't just babble phrases over and over again. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't keep praying the same prayer every single day. It's not wrong to pray for a need every single day. But what they meant is just this vain repetition, vain repetition, just repeating it over and over and over again. Because you think maybe the more I pray, the more God will hear me. It should be a conversation. It should be authentic. Luke 18, 10 to 24 says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And you know the story. The Pharisee looks out and stood by himself and prayed, oh God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. Tax I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood, stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his presence and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Our prayer life should be authentic and real. Lord, he knows he, even, I, let me say this, when you're ticked off at God, it's okay to tell him so because he already knows it. And maybe it's sometimes through verbalizing our own frustrations with the Father, the Holy Spirit can then, when we're speaking the truth in our own heart, God can go, I understand. But are you trusting in me? Do you want to have faith in yourself, your culture, and what I know is best for you? Sometimes we don't always get that. But God wants us to be authentic in our prayers and in our heart and not to be proud or arrogant or self-righteous, just humble. I'm a sinner. Jesus loves me. My spouse is a sinner. Jesus loves them. I need to love them. Forgive me when I get a bad attitude. 
forgive me when I, I'm frustrated. Because my life should be all about how do I help create an atmosphere for this person to be in a right relationship with God, not for my happiness. Because in our culture today, you see commercial after commercial after commercial, it's all about you. It's all about your happiness. It's about your needs. You deserve it. That's what they often say. I don't deserve anything. But the wrath of God. And I'm so grateful for every day to wake up knowing I'm forgiven. Prayer shouldn't just be for those you love. Matthew 5, 44 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for them. That doesn't mean you, have a, you don't have the right to go through proper processes with them. It doesn't mean that, that fairness and responsibility can't take place. What it does say, though, is that you actually think about the eternal aspect of the relationship, not just the present. Okay? That we actually think through this. What does this really mean for us? Other examples. I'm, for time's sake, I'm going to move on. But think through that. Hey, yeah. I was just going to add that. It's very difficult to be mad at people when you're praying for them. <laughs> it's very true. It's very hard to be mad at people you're praying for. Make a list. How can we be a role model of prayer? Find a consistent time and place for prayer. If you don't, life will distract you from praying. Where's your prayer room? Think through that. Create a plan of your prayer time. Have a prayer list. Pray with the Bible. Maybe after your Bible reading, etc. You can pray scripture. You can pray scriptures from the Bible. Share with other, others God's answers to prayer. Why? Why do we share? Is it to be proud? No. Why do we why do we share answers to prayer? Encouragement. Encouragement. Support. God can do that for me too. If he did it for you, he can do it for me. And God tells us to declare. Yeah. Declare it. Begin with a reasonable but challenging goal. Don't start with your prayer time going, I'm gonna pray two minutes every day. Doggone it. <laughs> Maybe start with five. If you haven't got to start, you know, start to, but be, here's the thing though. My encouragement to you is don't pray 30 minutes one day and none for the four of the days in a row. Start on a consistent basis, but not only pray at specific times, but learn how to pray throughout the day for various needs, but that will come. Prayer and fasting together is sometimes necessary. Matthew 6, 16 to 18 says, and when you fast, don't look uh, somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they receive their reward in full. In other words, when, if you want others to see what you're doing and to praise you for doing it, you've got your reward. You've got your answer. Okay? But when you fast, put oil on your head or maybe use shampoo. Wash your face. Necessary shave. But only to your father, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You see a trend here? Don't be showy about it. Focus on it. Be a man or woman of prayer. 
And, and when you do, God will reward you. That's a promise from Jesus. He will reward you. What that is, is individual. It's not one type of reward. God knows exactly what each of us needs. Prayer may need to be persistent and continuous. Luke 18, 1 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And he goes into the parable. Keep praying. But Lord, why didn't you answer my prayer? Keep praying. But, but Lord, keep praying. There's a perfect timing in all of this. And finally, train the disciple yourself to pray. It is a, 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 a discipline. Pray. Someone read for me 1 Timothy 4, 7, 4, 7 and 8. Have nothing to do with godlessness and all rather than but rather train yourself to be godly. The physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Listen to that. Disciplining yourself, training yourself to be godly, not only blesses you now, but what? In the life to come. Where's that? Where's the life to come? So does what we do now impact eternity? So we discipline ourselves, we train ourselves to be godly, which affects you positively now, but will also impact eternity on different planes, different ways. And man, prayer is awesome. Prayer is awesome. Because Jesus, God, is awesome. Let's pray. Father, Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. Help us to learn to be in relationship with you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, raising from the dead, so that we can be in relationship with the Father. Holy Spirit, fill us, lead us, illumine the word in our heart and mind to, to live it, to practice it, to speak it, to teach it, to model it, God, as we go our separate ways, may we always have an attitude of prayer because we're dependent upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great week.